Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Today, I want to bring a message to you called Everyday Hope. Someone say that with me. Everyday Hope. So if you are a person that wants to have hope every day, come on, this message is for you. Because what the enemy wants is he wants us to have hope never. He wants us to be a Christian who has no hope. We can be a Christian and be discouraged. We can be a Christian and have hopelessness just in our life the whole time. But I want to tell you that we serve a God that wants to fill you with hope every single day. And you can have hope every single day no matter what you're facing. Does that sound good to anybody today? So this is where we're going to go. Philippians chapter four and no takers are world changers. And I believe that if you want God to change your world today, man, take some notes in your phone, write it down. But I also want you to write down things that God is putting in your heart about yourself, because when we leave this place, it's going to get busy. It's going to get crazy. We're going to forget. You're going to try to remember. So write it down today when the moment is fresh. That sounds good. Philippians chapter four. I love the Bible. This is what it says. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. This is the definition of hope. A feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Come on. That is faith right there, that we can have faith and expectation that a certain thing is going to happen. This scripture that we just read is Paul saying, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I want to tell you today that no matter what you're facing today, good or bad, no matter what is coming, whether you have plenty or you're in need, whether you're hungry, I don't see any hungry people, or full, we can be content in all circumstances. And today, I believe this message is going to do something in our hearts. It's going to do something so profound and so deep. I'm so excited. Anybody else excited with me? Come on. I can tell you at the Slayton household, I got a two and a four-year-old. Christmas is always around the corner, even if it's January. Anybody else? Christmas is 87 days away, in case you didn't know. But with my kids, Christmas is like always tomorrow. So they're so little that they don't quite understand time right? They, they can't, like, tomorrow is about as far as they can go. So Christmas is like always tomorrow. So when we go somewhere, they're always, can I get that for Christmas? Can I get that for Christmas? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll make a promise. That's like 87 days away. Yeah, 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 we got it. They can't remember the promise, so whatever. I'm a good dad, I promise. But the other day, I went to Walmart, the one right up here, and I was with my son, just me and him, and I made the huge mistake of getting near the toy aisle. You know what I'm saying? right? We're near the toy aisle. We're not at Walmart to buy toys. We're at Walmart to get whatever. And we're by the toy aisle. My son sees it and I see it. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. This is about to get insane. So he's like, daddy, can we go to the toy aisle? I said, yes. But if we go to the toy aisle and I'm like, Lincoln, if we go to the toy aisle, are you okay? We're just going to look at toys, but we're not going to buy toys. And he says, yes. (laughs) So I said, okay, we got an agreement. I've got Christmas in the back pocket just in case we need that. 
you know, pull the Christmas card out. We'll get it for Christmas. So we're going through the toy aisle and, you know, his eyes are lighting up. We're looking at all the toys. He's looking at all these things and he's, you know, he's starting to make the turn from our agreement to, you know, something else. And he's like, daddy, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. We turn the corner and I see something that I even want to give him. And he sees it too. And we turn the corner and up on the top shelf is a monster truck, big wheel electric thing the kids can sit in. Monster truck, grave digger. Anybody like Monster Jam? There we go. It's fun. And he sees it. And he's got monster trucks at home, like the little ones. And he goes, Daddy, it's, he calls it Brave Digger. We're always at Brave Church, so I'm not going to change it. I like it. It's Brave Digger. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's Brave Digger, buddy. Can I get it? Can we get it today? Can I get it now? Can we put it in the car? Buddy, we'll get it for Christmas, Okay atomic bomb goes off. No, 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 no. I want it now. No, we'll get it for Christmas, buddy. Okay. So if you're really good, we'll get it for Christmas. He takes off running. He's so mad at me and he's so mad. He's running. He's running past like the, the aromatherapy aisles. He's hitting bedding. Like it's not good. I'm chasing my, uh, this is not an exaggeration. I'm chasing my son. He's hiding from me on different aisles. And I'm like, doing this with my son. He lost his mind. And I'm like, buddy, finally got him. And he's like, and this is what he says. I'm not your best friend anymore. (laughs) I'm like, come on. We're going to do Christmas, you know? Well, the thing was 400 bucks. And how many of you know, you can't always buy everything immediately. So But something happened in that moment. You know what? Maybe if he would have said, after I said, buddy, what if we do it for Christmas? Maybe if he would have said, okay, daddy, I love you, daddy, and uh, that's great, and we'll wait till Christmas, something along those lines. I might have just bought it on the spot because his heart was in the right place. But knowing a toddler, that doesn't happen too often. He goes off running. He loses his mind, and he loses his peace. He loses his contentment, loses everything. And how many of you know you don't want to buy a toddler a toy after they do that? Because guess what? The next one is going to be next level, the next tantrum. So, man, I'm saying that because you know what? Sometimes we're in our life and we're in a place where God is saying, hey, you know what? Maybe later or maybe you're in this place right now, but we lose our contentment. We lose our minds. We go crazy. And you know what? God isn't the kind of God who wants to reward that. So today I want to talk about being content. Is that okay? Today I want to talk about being content. It's so important that we talk about this today because I believe that the enemy wants every Christian in this room to be miserable, wants us to be discontent wants us to be uh, to hate where we're at and hate everything about where we're at. And he wants us to be the miserable Christian who's not walking in kingdom power. So today, we're going to step into kingdom power. We're going to step into a kingdom mindset. We're going to step into a place that God, that God has designed for us. So I'm excited. This is going to be so good. So today, I want to teach and preach on the subject of contentment. And you might be thinking, man, I'm good. I'm content. Like, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a seasoned saint. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm good. I don't know about you, but, man, I have to check myself. If the Wi-Fi goes down in my house, man, you lose your mind. Come on. Anybody with me? Hello. Power goes out. You have no life anymore. Right? Or YouTube. Come on. Where are all my YouTube people at? That thing takes, uh, there we go. If that thing takes six seconds to buffer, man, you're mad. You go, to the, you go to Target, you go to Walmart, and they got not enough cashiers. Ooh, watch out. 
Oh, you've been in that store for an hour and a half. You are ready to go. And you're looking at those cashiers and you're evaluating the, the carts in front of you. Man, that cart's full. That cart's full. That one's a quarter full. That one's mm, half full. And you start thinking, well, what? I don't know. Then you start judging the cashiers. Let's see. Let's see what she looked like. Okay. I think she's lost some passion for her job. I don't know if I want to go to her. <laughs> and then if you're not sure, what you do is you take a little glance. You try to see how fast are they scanning? They got a quick scan thing or are they, are they kind of conversational? I don't need a conversational cashier. I need a quick scan cashier. Come on. They can conversate with me, but not, not with the people in front of them. They need to go. And we lose our peace. We lose our, we lose our minds. Come on. I'm just making up funny stories, but come on. We can lose our peace. We can get mad and just something little. But what about when something gets, when something big happens in our life? Come on. I want to tell you the secret. You want to know the secret? The secret to being content? Let's put it up on the screens. I have learned the secret. Come on. Say the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Here's the secret. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In case you don't know who him is, it's Jesus. It's our God through him who gives us strength. And you're like, that's the secret? I just posted that on my, my social media like three days ago. I love that scripture. It's on my Bible app and I shared it. You're like, that's the secret? Right? I go up to my house and it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I got the map before you enter the door. You go through the front door on the wall. I got this scripture. I'm good. I'm filled with contentment and joy. But can we go deeper today? Come on. Can we go deeper today? This went deep for me. Come on. This went deep for me. And I believe it's going to go deep for us. It comes down to this. It comes down to this. Is God's strength really enough for you? Is who God is really enough for you? When the bills aren't being paid, is God really enough for you? When you don't have the relationship you want, you don't have the spouse, the whatever, is God's strength really enough for you to wait and be content? When you are diagnosed with a sickness, come on, is God's strength really enough for you? When you're bitter towards a bunch of people or people are bitter towards you, is God's strength really enough for you? It doesn't just stop in need. Come on. If you have all the money in the world, is God's strength really enough for you? Is God being the source really enough? When you have that house that everybody else wished they had, is God's strength really enough for you? When you got the multi-million dollar, billion dollar business, is God's strength really enough for you? Because this just isn't about people in need. This is about people in every part of life. So this hits us all today. Come on, this, this hits me today. This comes down to, to God's strength because our reaction to life situations is a reflection of our life with Jesus. How we respond to what comes our way, good or bad, that's the reflection of our life with Jesus. And what, what Paul is saying is, I've learned the secret. God's in control, and I can trust him. And I can be good whether I'm hungry, whether I'm full, whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor, whether the business goes sideways, whether things go a different way than I expected. I can trust in my God. Does anybody trust God today? Come on. 
I'm so excited about this because the enemy doesn't want you to trust God. He doesn't want me to trust God. He wants me to trust in the paycheck. He wants me to trust in the person. He wants me to trust in anything other than God. But today, can we just say, you know what? That all needs to go out the window. Today, our strength is in him, in Jesus Christ. And I can tell you that is the best place to be in life. Come on. If you're ready to go deeper, say, I'm ready. Come on. Man, a couple things today I want to share with you. I can be content. You can fill in your notes right here. I can be content inwardly. Someone say inwardly. Man, you can be, we can be content emotionally. We can be content. We can be content spiritually and mentally. How many of you want that? Come on. My hand is like way up in the air. God, I want contentment in that part of my life. If there's any discontentment emotionally, phys- uh, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, if there's any discontentment that you're feeling, it means that there is, it's like you're a balloon and there's been like a little hole that's been popped and faith is leaving, hope is leaving. It's like a balloon that slowly slink- sinks to the ground. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us because it means that we're finding hope and, and our source is in something other than Jesus Christ. So if there's any discontentment in your life, what it's probably going to show you is there's a lack of trust in God in that area. So today, that's where we have to say, you know what, God? I'm trusting you in every area. Come on. I'm going to trust God in areas that I can't see, that areas that I only have to have faith in. Come on. We have to trust God in every area. See, discontentment, causes us to trade our joy and our hope and our source in God, and we delay it for the future. So we say, I'll be happy when I get the pay raise. Come on. I'll be happy when I get that house. I'll be happy when I get the car. I'll be happy when this happens in my life. I'll be happy when this person comes in my life. And we begin to trade our joy and our hope for being in God, and we trade it to something else. And how many of you know when we get that thing that, man, we were just thinking about, it doesn't satisfy, and then we want something more and bigger. So today, what God is saying is, find my contentment in me, and let me be your source. Philippians says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. What Paul is really saying is, I have learned that whatever it is I face, that God is my source. How exciting is that? How encouraging is that? Can I mess with you guys today? This is going to like hit like a truck. Every, ser- every, <laughs> every sermon I've preached this has been dead quiet. You ready for some crickets? Here we go. Luke chapter 3, verse 14. John the Baptist is talking to some Roman soldiers. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what shall we do? And he said to them, don't extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation and be content with your wages. There it is right there. There we go. We got some crickets. Man, how incredible is the Bible that it's saying that? And you're like, why would the Bible say for me to just be content with your wages? What's happening here is it's a principle of God. It means that where you're at right now, you need to have contentment in that. You need to find your source in God. You need to find your trust in God. Because what we're really saying is, well, I'm not going to be happy till I get the pay raise. I'm not going to have joy or contentment in my heart until this happens. It doesn't mean don't ask for the raise. It doesn't mean don't work for the raise. But what it means is be happy in the moment. Don't trade the present for some future that's never going to exist. 
Come on. So, so God is saying, let's be content in every single situation. Can I tell you that we serve a God who is in control of everything? Come on. He is in control of your future. He's in control of your paycheck. Come on. He's in control of every part of our life. And we can trust him that if we're faithful in this season, he knows the desire of our heart. But if we can be content in this season, when he gives us that promotion, when he gives us that pay raise, he knows we're not going to be a little toddler having a tantrum waiting for the next one. Come on, am I, am I speaking some truth today? Come on. We have to find our source in him, and we can get distracted by all these other things. Like, man, you know, I, if I just had the new iPhone 11, I'd be good, you know? Got three cameras, ultra-wide lens. If I just had that, man, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be good for like a week. A new car won't do it. Come on. Be happy with your car. Come on. You, you, don't, you don't need a $50,000 car and $75,000 car and an efficiency. You don't need that. No contentment there. Nothing wrong with an efficiency. Nothing wrong. I've lived in all. Nothing wrong with a $75,000 car, but you see the picture. We're trying to, we're trying to fill some hole that only God can fill. A relationship won't do it. For the love of God, just trust God with the relationships. Come on. If you need a spouse, if you need a relate, if you're believing for something, just trust God. He'll never let you down. Don't do it on your own. Get off the dating apps. I don't, whatever. You use your wisdom. You use God's, God's wisdom in this situation. But let God bring the perfect person to you. Come on. Come on. He has someone for you. Don't, you don't want to force that one. Because they are not going to be, they are not going to bring uh, satisfaction. They are not going to bring contentment into your life. Something else will pop up. Any amount of money won't do it. You're like, well, I wouldn't mind trying, but any amount of money isn't going to bring contentment. We serve God. We don't serve money. Do you know what else will test your commitment? Your contentment is waiting. Everybody say waiting. waiting. <laughs> and I'm not talking about waiting for your wife to get ready. Come on. Where are all my husbands at? Whenever, <laughs> whenever, whenever I see people get engaged, I always go up to the guy. I was like, man, get ready to wait. You're going to be sitting on that couch longer than you ever thought, man. You, you read your Bible, make sure your battery's charged, get a TV show on. You're going to get ready to wait. You used to walk out the door. Not anymore. That, that's over. Get ready to wait. She runs into Starbucks. Hey, I'm just going to be right back. Oh, get ready to wait. I, I've never waited so much in my life. I love my wife to death, but guys, just get ready. You're going to be waiting. Man, God has no problem making us wait. I'm not talking about waiting for a Miami wedding to start. Let's go. That's ridiculous. What's going on, guys? If you ever want me to do your wedding, the time that you tell me, that's when we start. Even if the bride and groom aren't here, we're doing it. We'll put it on the iPad. We'll prop it up. And you can, we'll play the video and they can get married to the video. We'll do that. I'm not waiting. But God has no problem making us wait, does he? What if it's years of prayer? What if it's years of serving and being loyal in secret? 
What if it's years of serving God and loving God and believing God for something and and there's not even a ton of proof to see that God's even moving? Are are we content in the waiting? Come on, can you be content when, when there's not a ton of evidence that anything's even changing? Can we be content when we're not getting accolades and we're not getting credit and we're, there's no videos about us and we're not getting tagged on Instagram and we're not in the spotlight. Come on. Come on. Y'all, y'all are looking at a janitor at a church. That's what I was. And now I'm, now I'm here. It's all glory to God. But I was, I was loyal in secret. It's glory to God. I was loyal in secret. And that's the kind of thing that God wants us to have. And I'm not perfect at it. But I have committed to say, you know what, God, I'm going to be loyal even if I have to wait because I, I can, we never go wrong trusting in God. You can never lose by trusting in God because he's always a God that fulfills his promise. But contentment, it's easy to lose and it's hard to get. It's easy to lose and it's hard to get because you have to pass a test to get a stronger level of trust and contentment in our life that God is our source. So wherever you're at right now, I would say this is the current test that you're in to trust God right now. Whether you have little or have much, to trust God right now. Am I speaking to anybody today? I love this scripture. Lamentations 3 verse 5, it says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Come on, maybe you feel like you're waiting, but it says that the Lord will be good to you. The soul that seeks after God, the Lord will be good to you. He will reward your waiting. He will see and reward what you are going through right now with his promise. I don't know if you've ever been on a plane that has circled the runway. Everybody ever been on a plane like that? You're just trying to get home. The pilot comes on the thing. (laughs) This is Captain whatever, whatever. And we're going to be circling the runway for 35 minutes as we prepare to land. And they never give details, right? At least the details would help. I feel like I never get details. And you're like, oh, man, I'm so ready to get home. I've been on this plane. I got the middle seat. (laughs) God bless all the middle seats. I mean, just, I don't know. I'm like, I'll pay the upgrade. I don't know. Just get me out of there. But the, the circle in the runway, man, you're out of pretzels. You're out of, you're out of soda, out of peanuts. You got to go to the bathroom, but the light's on. And you're like, oh, man, I'm going to pee my pants. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. We're circling this thing forever. And, we, man, we begin to get mad. Come on. How many of you know there's no level of anger like airplane anger? It's just crazy. It's like you're trapped in a tube. Like, oh my gosh. I don't want to end up on the social media viral thing. Miami man goes crazy on flight home. But we can lose our contentment. But something happens with an airplane that's circling is this, is that the conditions have to be right before the plane lands. It can't land until it's, the conditions are right. And maybe you feel like you're circling in your life. You feel like you're going in circles. You feel like you've been doing the same thing year after year. You might feel like you've been just going in circles and you're like, God, is anything ever going to change? But can I just encourage you today that maybe just the situation isn't right for you to land where God has planned for you yet. If you were to land, 
it would cause destruction. But if you land right at the right time, come on, that's the blessing. That's the reward in waiting. That's God being God. That's us trusting him no matter what. So if there's anybody in this room and you feel like you've been waiting, I just want to encourage you today that to continue waiting, continue being faithful. God is not harming you. He's helping you. God is not out to get you. God is not trying to frustrate you, but he is just being a God that is making sure the conditions are right for you to get off and to go into that next thing that he has planned for you. So you keep circling. You keep doing the things that you know God has called you to do. You keep trusting. You keep praying. You keep worshiping. Come on. Keep on showing up to church. Keep serving. Keep being a part of this. Come on. The the enemy wants you discontent. He wants you just to quit and try to go do a new thing. But I would say the people that are successful in the kingdom, the people that God can bless the most are the people that are the most successful when they're just circling year after year, day after day, and being faithful where God has placed them. Am I speaking to anybody today? You know, as I look into the the scriptures, there's a staggering level of discontentment and lack of trust in God. And a couple examples, Satan, right? A top angel of heaven, worshiping God, but he is discontent that God is getting all the worship and he's getting none of it. He wanted to be worshiped. He's discontent. God casts him out of heaven, brings a third of the angels discontent, rebellion, Adam and Eve, right? They're living in paradise. They never have to work a day in their life, right? All these things that we like save up for and hope for. Oh, I never, I can't wait till I retire. I can't wait till I can do this. Adam and Eve are living in paradise. Everything's provided and they, they're hanging out with God. Hello. Amazing. How could you be discontent with much? You see where this is going. They had everything. But the, the enemy came up to Eve and said, and he caused her to doubt. Are you sure God meant that? Are you sure God can, can be trusted? And just like that, discontent came into her heart. And we have sin all across the world because of that. Because she said, I don't know if God can really be my source. So can I just share with you today, how important is it for us to get this out of our life? How important is it for us to be content and to walk in this secret that all things, we can trust God in all circumstances. Come on. I'm so excited that it's not up to me. I'm so excited that it's not by my work that, that, I, that I provide for my life, but it's by God's provision. It's by God being my source. The things that he knows I need, he's going to provide. I'm going to do my part and he's going to do his part. Come on. How, how, how relieving is that? I just, I'm so excited about that. The second thing I want to share with you is this. I can be content externally. Someone say externally. <clears throat> I feel like, I feel God didn't want me to skip this over. And, and honestly, the, the reaction and the, the response has been so good, but I almost skipped it over just because it's kind of funny to talk about. But I feel like there's a lot of people in this room, in the world, that hate themselves externally. They hate how they look. They hate their, their face. They hate who they look like, what they think they look like. They hate things about them. They look in the mirror and they don't like themselves. They wish they were somebody else. They wish they looked like somebody else. They wish they were a different age. They wish they were a different whatever. And, and they've lost their confidence. They've lost their personality. They've lost their purpose 
because they have said so many and believe so many negative things about themselves that they've lost total trust in God that he created them exactly how he wanted them to be. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are beautiful. So guys, you're beautiful. Come on, you're beautiful. Ladies, you're beautiful. Come on, God fearfully, carefully made you. And he, and, he, and he calls you beautiful. You are a work of God. And to hate yourself is to hate the way God made you. So today in this room, you, you might need to leave this place and go home and look in a mirror and say, you know what? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what? I'm, I'm happy with, with who I am. I'm happy with the way I look. I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm happy with the way God made me, and I don't want to be anybody else. I don't want to be another age. I don't want to be another person. I don't want to be another whatever. I am happy the way I am. And if you think that this is something that, the, that we take lightly, man, the, the devil doesn't take it lightly, right? I mean, we've all known eating disorders, right? People with eating disorders, people with, man, a plastic surgery addiction, Gender identity disorder, body dysmorphic disorder, all of these things come up because, because we have traded our identity for something else. But the Bible is our manual. The Bible holds all of the things that tell us who we are. And we are created by God. We are created in his image. We are the apple of his eye. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. We were known in our mother's womb. And we don't need to be anybody else. Come on, we don't need to be Kim Kardashian. She's only 50% real anyway. Come on. (laughs) Just be you. Come on, be content with who you are. You don't need to be anybody else. Come on, it doesn't mean don't take care of yourself. The body says we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. So let's take care of ourselves, but let's not hate ourselves. You know, uh, something that really stuck out to me that I heard a while ago was, what you confess, you bless. And so many people have been confessing curses over the way they look, over who they are. They've been thinking curses. They've been believing curses. And they've, been, they've been saying all these things. And what we end up doing is we end up blessing a curse on our life and believing a curse over ourselves. And today that needs to stop. Today it needs to end. And we need to say, you know what? I love myself because God loves me. I love who I am. I'm content with who I am. I don't need to be anybody else. I don't need to look like anybody else. I don't need to talk like anybody else. I'm okay being me. Come on. Is this preaching to anybody today? Come on. You don't need to be addicted to plastic surgery. Come on. I'm not anti-plastic surgery, but you better know what's in your heart before you do that. And don't go to this place up on 8th by Starbucks. Lots of people have died there. And they keep changing the names. So you, they, they think they're fooling us, but they're not. Don't go there. I'd be discontent if you weren't here with us anymore. I lose my contentment. But we have to walk out of this place. And, and I'm so glad we're talking about this today because, because it's a real thing that we face. Some people, you hate the way you look in the mirror. You hate yourself. Today, that needs to end. Man, man God made me just the way I am. So let's take care of ourselves. Come on. Let's go to the gym. Let's, let's eat healthy. Come on, you can have McDonald's every now and then, but let's, let's, you know, let's watch ourselves. Let's do Whole30, Keto, Atkins. Newest one's intermittent fasting. I'm not doing that one. 
because I get hangry and then I binge. Anybody else? Come on. I can't eat till 12 p.m. From 12, like, what is it? Like 8 to 12 p.m.? I'm like, not doing that one. Come on, let's take care of ourselves. Let's, let's, let's declare the word of God over ourselves. I think some people have lost their countenance because of the way they feel about how they look. Their countenance. Like, you would change drastically if you just said, you know what, man, I'm good with who I am. God made me this way. I have content externally. God made me just the way that he wanted me to be. The last thing is this. I can be content entirely. Someone say entirely. Philippians 4 says, I've learned to be content. Whatever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. We can leave this place knowing that God is our source in every way. He is our strength in every way. Come on, Jesus has done all that needs to be done for us to have all the peace that we need, to have all the provision that we need, to make him the source in every single situation. We don't need to trust in anything else. We need to trust in him. I have a daughter. She's two and a half years old, and she just has this boldness that I, um, I just can't even believe. She is bold. She will, she will go up these flight of stairs. She did this last week, and she will jump off a flight of stairs into my arms without me even looking. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to catch her. Just happened last week. I love the boldness in my daughter. She has this supernatural, I swear, just faith in her dad, and it, it makes me so happy. I could tell her to go up to a flight of stairs that was so high where no matter her jump, I wouldn't be able to catch her, and she would do it. She would do it. If I said, sissy, you go up, you go all the way to the top and you jump. She would do it. She would jump. She has a trust in me that I'm going to catch her. She she has a a thing inside of her that says, that's my source. That's, That's my provider. And I'm good as long as he's around. So today, God wants you to know that let's go past just a few steps up where we can catch ourselves because we have enough money, because we have enough comfort, because we have enough control. But let's be the people that are okay no matter how high the steps are. If, if, he, if he asks us to jump, we can jump knowing that, that he can be trusted. That no matter what situation comes our way, man, it doesn't matter because God is our source. God is our provider. Jesus is the way. Jesus has the solution. We don't need to look to anything else. Money can't do it. A person can't do it. Nothing in the world can do it. Jesus is our source. And if you want to leave here with a secret today, that's the secret. That no matter what you face, good or bad, if Jesus is your source, you can walk with contentment and hope every single day of your life. Does anybody want that? Come on. Hey, if you want that, can you stand to your feet? I want to pray. God, I believe there's people in this room. God, I believe that as a church, as a people, God, you are just saying you that you can be trusted, that you are a God that we can place all of our hope in, that no matter what comes our way, we can lean on you. And today I want to pray for some people. If you're in this room today and you say, you know what? I needed this message. I've lost my contentment. I placed my hope in other things other than Jesus. But today that's going to end. I'm going to walk out of here knowing he's my source. If that's you, can you just lift your hands up to the sky so I know who to pray for? Come on. Hands are up everywhere. My hands up. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, right now. 
God, we just worship you. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that is just saying you are the source. God, you are all that they need. And God, we thank you that contentment is filling our hearts. Hope is filling our hearts. God, frustration is leaving. Mistrust is leaving. Discontentment is leaving. Lord, as we give you the praise, as we give you the worship, God, we can do it before we even see the answer in prayer. We can give you worship before we even see what you're going to do because we can trust you in every circumstance and we give you the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, go ahead. I want to ask you one more thing. If you're in this room today and you'd say, you know what? I've heard about God. I've, I've, I've heard the name of Jesus, but I've never made him my sole source of trust. And today I want to do that. I was in a service like this when I was 19 years old and I gave my life to Jesus. I had tried everything else in the world. I just didn't know that God was real or that Jesus loved me. And after trying everything else in the world, I can say, since I made that decision, he's always been my source. He's always been my satisfaction. And I've never found satisfaction like Jesus. He forgives us of our sins and he gives us a fresh start. If you're in this room today and you've heard about Jesus, or maybe you're new here and you need to give your life to him, today I want to give you that opportunity. So with with no one looking around, if you're in this place, I want to pray for you. If you're in this room and you'd like to give your heart to Jesus, can you go ahead and just slip up your hand so I know who to pray for? One, two, three. Slip up your hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you right over here. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. God's about to do something. Let's pray. Jesus, right now, come into my life. Come into my heart, transform me, save me, and forgive me. I trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give it up for everybody who prayed that prayer? We're so excited. I'm so excited for you. Something shifting. Something Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com. Thank you.